Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tian Tian. Now, we're going to wrap up the week talking about the automotive marketplace landscape here in Southeast Asia. And in particular, we want to talk about Southeast Asia's largest online car retailer, Caro. Now, unlike traditional players, Caro transforms the buying and selling of cars through artificial intelligence and its unique pricing algorithms. And the firm, in fact, achieved its unicorn status in June 2021 after a funding round led by SoftBank Vision Fund 2 and continued to see stellar growth thereafter. Now, according to TechNote Global, the firm achieved profitability in the financial year of 2022 last September and said the company is tracking over $1.3 billion in run rate revenue in FY 2022. It aims to produce another two times growth in revenue in 2023. What's the status so far? Is the company on track to meet its goals? We want to find out more from Aaron Tan, co-founder and CEO of Caros. He joins us on the show. Hi, Aaron. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tintin. Thanks for having me today. Great to have you on. And Aaron, different people might have their own uh, interpretation as to what Caro is and how they position themselves in the used car market. But I want to hear from the direct source here. I want to hear from you. What is Caro's business model and your industry positioning? I, I, I think of life very simplistically for us, right? We think of ourselves really as Amazon.com for cars. You know, when you think about buying and selling cars itself, it is always a relatively tedious process of A, trying to identify who you want to buy it from, you know, can you trust your, the, the person they're buying from and stuff like that. And, and the whole point of this is to make it all seamless and simple, like it's as if you were buying something off Shopee or Amazon, right, in that sense. And that is really the high-level goal and the business mission objective of this particular business that we have, which is to make buying and selling cars online possible. Um, you know, it, it sounds simple enough, but the honest truth is that it's not so straightforward given the whole slew of things that needs to be fully automated and online. For instance, you know, lending, you know, insurance, you know, after sales, warranties, and you name it. There's a lot of more things that needs to be uh, entirely online. And for us as a business itself, we pride ourselves uh, as not just being a, a seller of vehicles online. We also partake in the entire ecosystem and think of ourselves really as a platform rather than as a competitor to the multitude of dealers out there. Our job really is to think about how can we make buying and selling of vehicles online simpler, faster, more transparent to the average users and even to the dealers right on the streets today? Hmm. And it's not just your unicorn status. You have achieved profitability in your FY 2022 as well. Some very good predictions for financial year 2023. You're poised to deliver yet another two times revenue growth this financial year. What are the reasons supporting that projections? Is it on track to reach uh, this target right now? Yeah, so, you know, the year before we did about 670 million top line. I think I was just looking at numbers. Uh, we, we, we haven't closed our financial year for last year, but I believe we will be somewhere in line of about 2x uh, year on year. So, which, which basically implies that we are just about, you know, 1.2, 1.3 billion, uh, which is in line with the targets that we gave uh, the markets um, earlier. I think, was it mid of last year or earlier? And so I think we're pretty much in line. And what's driving this really is this still demand of uh, used cars across Southeast Asia, not just in Singapore, but, you know, today we are present in Indonesia, Malaysia, uh, of course, in Singapore, Thailand. We also just expanded into Japan and, and Taiwan, which are all actually very, very good growth markets for us. So that those are actually the reasons why the businesses are growing, you know, I wouldn't say exponentially as it was in the past, but let's just say that the business is growing very well. Uh, given that. I think what it, what we are more proud of this year is the fact that we have 
almost doubled our margins uh, year on year as well, right? For last year versus the year before. Uh, you know, this is going to be the fourth year or the fifth year that we are EBITDA positive as well. Um, and then at the same time, moving forward next year, we are we are fu we are fully expecting to to do um, better than we did last year. Uh, but you know, remains to be seen how it will be like because the climate is a bit uncertain right this second, given the higher interest rates, inflation, and stuff. Right, and uh, Aaron, you mentioned about. Uh, Southeast Asia. I do want to get your thoughts on the automotive marketplace in Southeast Asia right now. What do you think are the major trends affecting the industry? And also the second point is you mentioned you doubled your margins. How did you do that? Yeah, well, that's a whole separate discussion as, a, as an MBA by itself. But anyway, so um, I, I think one big trend that we cannot ignore, and in fact, I just came back from Indonesia literally just this morning uh, at 1am. Um, is the trend of electrification. And the trend of electrification is not just for four-wheelers, it's also for two-wheelers, right? So, you know, I think broadly speaking, we are seeing a lot of interest, investments, and a lot more interest in, in, in general in the space of battery management, right? So, you know, when people talk about battery management, they talk about chargers, right? But if you look at places like Indonesia and Thailand, we talk more about what we call hot-swap machines, um, you know, whereby if you drive a two-wheeler, you, you cannot really be charging the, the, the bike overnight in that sense. And typically, you just drive into the kiosk and you just pick the new battery and replace it with the old battery in that sense. And that's how it's typically done. Uh, so, you know, we are, we are, we are super bullish in, on, on the space of uh, electrification. And as I said, it's not just the four-wheel, you know, drive uh, vehicles that we're looking into. There's also two-wheelers. There's also the space of charging networks, charging stations, battery, battery management, and stuff like that. So, I think that is really driving a lot of the change uh, for us even in the used car business because generically speaking whenever you buy a new car in this case a new ev you typically will trade in your old ic vehicles your old you know combustion engine vehicles itself um, and that effectively is a very very strong uh tailwind for us in that sense and i was just talking to one of our vietnam partners uh philippines partners as you know markets that we are potentially entering this year itself and they all stress that you know this is a a, a, a very interesting opportunity to bring um professionalism or to bring transparency into a market that is plagued with you know quite opaque right so in, in the past before we existed you really do not know what is the right price to buy to buy a vehicle or you do not know really what's the condition of the vehicle that you're buying for but for us, we make it super transparent. The pricing is basically uh, pretty much what we call uh, right? which basically means we, we don't really negotiate. There's no haggling. Um, and so as a result, we we tend to have our customers you know, really trusting and loving the brand in that sense because they, they understand that every single car that's bought on Caro from Caro itself has been not only warranted and thoroughly inspected, but the car has mostly also been reconditioned. Uh, which also implies that you know the, the car will not break down in the near term and you know is it is a good investment in that sense yeah and mm. on the second and, part of the question yeah. which is the expansion of the of the gp well that's a secret right now <laughs> but uh, to be very honest the, the 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 expansion of the gp part of stuff we actually uh focus a lot on optimization of resourcing this last year right um so what happened really was that we we, we did a whole round of um uh, operations reviews and we ask ourselves okay, what needs to be here, what doesn't need to be there. Um, that's one big part of things. The second part of it is also the increased expenses or, or increased investment from us into automation. And that has really helped us a lot 
uh, as well. So the more you automate, the less likely, you know, there's room for errors and all the stuff like that. So I think that really also contributes a lot to why why we why we have a higher GP contribution last year than we did the year before. Hmm. Back in 2021, you received some $480 million sing dollars in funding, uh, putting a valuation at over $1 billion US dollars. Back then, Carol said it will use the fresh capital to expand into new locations and grow its existing uh, business in Southeast Asia. How's that coming along for you right now? Um, so I think we, we have been using our, our, our limited uh, cash supply uh, fairly wisely. Um, you know, we have been investing. I would say that we have quietly done, you know, quite no more than 10 or so acquisitions over the last uh, year, year and a half. Uh, quite clearly, we are, we are still relatively liquid given the fact that um, the company hasn't really been in the business of burning money, thank God, uh, unlike some of our comms. So as a result, we we have been able to uh, use a lot of this money, trade some of our shares and stuff like that to, to basically acquire bigger companies or, or actually similar companies or adjacent companies to make ourselves look better and do better. Um, so how is that coming along? I think it's going along well. Uh, I wasn't expecting to for the market to be this bad, to be very frank. Um, but as a result, it also represents a very interesting buy opportunity for us, right? Because we can go around, again, I don't want to use the word shopping, but we can go around looking for assets that are good value, uh, that will enhance the story, that will really bring and deliver value to us as a company, but more importantly, to enhance and bring a better consumer experience to our customers. I think that's how we like to look at life, right? So I think in general, I, I would give ourselves a pat on the back for all the acquisitions that have been done year to date. But I think I can only say that there'll be a lot more coming moving forward as we foresee, uh, you know, this slowdown in the, in the financial sectors to persist for a little bit longer. Uh, so in other words, that means that we're going to see a little bit more companies struggling to fundraise and as a result, more deals being done in the coming quite months. I do want to talk about your expansion in Japan. How has the experience been for you so far? And you're also launching a service for customers to drive used car for a flat subscription fee how does that work japan is a great market right so japan itself uh you know is 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 a is is a much bigger market than in singapore it's also a developed market third largest economy in the world um i give an example we just expanded into this city north of tokyo uh in this particular small little city called saitama and saitama you know i the first question i asked my 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 country head was how big is saitama and he responded oh it's a small city we have seven million people i was like hmm that sounds like singapore plus plus uh, but anyway, so long story short, the, we, we think Japan is a super interesting market, it's like exciting. Uh, not only is the market rich from a GDP per capita standpoint, the, the market is also extremely liquid and filled with uh, vibrancy. Um, I actually do not know why the you know some of the, the, the investors may not be so keen as Japan as a market because everybody always look at this as a potentially shrinking market. But I look at this as like it's only shrinking if you are big and dominant in the market as is today, you are basically the incumbent, that makes sense, right? But if we have nothing, like absolutely nothing in Japan, then it only is upside from here. And that's how I want to look at Japan by itself. And you know, what is there to complain about Japan, right? The, 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 the food is great, you know, the weather is perfect and stuff like that. So I think generically speaking, we have nothing to complain about Japan. I think in so far, we have only just launched for quite two, three months. Uh, so it's too early to tell, to be very, very frank, but I, I'm, I'm very, very hopeful of the market. I like to think that the market will be a big contributor to our revenues and, and hopefully over time, our EBITDA and profitability in, in short order. 
Right. And uh, Aaron, the last question, the biggest one also, uh, back in 2021, you said you plan to IPO the company within uh, 18 to 24 months time. We are now somewhere in between that time frame. What can we expect on this front? Is it the right time to IPO given the current economic climate we're seeing? Yeah. So I, I think this is a bit of a, a partial partial statement that I make, right? So first thing I will always say is that whenever I ask, I'm asked a question like this, I always start by saying markets permitting. Markets permitting, we will, we will try to list and say 18 yeah. to 24 months and stuff like that. And I, and I continue to say so, right? Because the, the truth of the matter is that we have been, um, this is our second year of, uh, or the last year was our second year of PCAOB compliance, uh, which is good. Uh, in, in other words, it just means that we are, we are more or less public ready from a financial reporting standards controls standpoint, right? So I think that's one part of things. And we continue to put the company on that path. Um, I, I think I can safely say that we have no immediate plans to IPO the business in the next quite 10 months, right? I mean, basically this particular financial year itself. Uh, but, you know, when the market comes back, you, you, you can be sure that, you know, we will be looking into that, right? And I, and I do not know when is the market coming back, to be honest, that I have no crystal ball in front of me. Uh, but I think the consensus that I've speak, spoken with with many of the investors is that people are starting thinking that, okay, in Q3, Q4 this year, we might see a resurgence of IPO activities. Uh, and then, you know, as a result, Q1, Q2 of the following year might be a good year to start looking to go public and stuff like that. So I do not know, but we'll see how it goes. But everything really at the end of the day is driven by uh, what is out there in the market right now, what's the public expectations before we can even do anything. But again, I, I go back to what I said earlier, which is markets permitting will go on 18 to 24 months. <laughs> right, right. Markets permitting, that's a, that's a key phrase. Thanks very much, Aaron. That was Aaron Tan, co-founder and CEO of Caro. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.